During the last few years, we've ventured into a lot of different fields. And we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Welcome to Disney WTF, brought to you by The Walt Daily. This is episode 48, and for those who don't know us by now, we are a Disney couple. One of us is a Disney fanatic, and one of us is not, but somehow we've made ways to make this relationship work. Multiple ways. Multiple ways. All day long. Including a podcast about WTF about Disney. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is the fuss? Yes. How's it going? It's going okay. Yeah. What do you think? Of our new intro. Ooh, did you guys see our new intro? I mean, it's amazing. So the first, so fun fact, the first intro that we had on the show, I did it. But the second one, the one that we currently have now, which I don't know how long it'll be there for, Lori did that one. It's timeless. And it's amazing. She did <laughs> such a better job than I did. It's ridiculous. Well, I hope people enjoy it. I hope people enjoy the little piece of Walt every day that you would listen to this podcast from here on out. Yeah, and it's cool because it goes with the, you know, it goes with what we're doing. You know, the Walt Daily, the name and, and the kind of brand transition and all that stuff with what we're doing. And you love Walt, so. Yeah, Walt's the Walt's the dude behind it all, so. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's go into, um, what's the, headlines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, first headline, and we're going to try to zoom through headlines today. Yes. Headlines. Gondola towers have been popping up everywhere in preparation for the Disney Skyliner. Cool. Which, there is yet to be a set date for opening, but they are, they're building at Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Pop Century, Art of Animation. I mean, the towers are showing up just in all types of places. Yeah, cool. So, it's like coming. It's like the thing now. Yes, it reminds me of in Mulan where Mushu says that the Huns were popping out of the snow like daisies. That's exactly what these towers are doing. Awesome. I don't get the reference, but, That's okay. you know, as usual. <laughs> so can you get close to them where they're popping up at? Or is there are they like behind, you know, fenced construction crazy areas? Well, it depends on which one you go to because some of them are actually in not guest accessible areas, which is kind of the cool aspect of the, the Skyliner because you're going to be able to see over all these different things in the parks. Mm -hmm. And other ones are just like in a parking lot separated by like a pylon so it's it's close enough mm -hmm. that if you wanted to climb over you could and touch it but I mean why would you cool so okay. something to look forward to all right next headline the Pandora conservation utility suit is about to be released okay <laughs> what is that you might ask <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly what I would ask so as we know Pandora in Animal Kingdom the land of Avatar it, it's it's a very it's a very well-themed land, and something that they're going to add to it is literally like a Transformer suit, where you have, well, it looks like a Transformer at least, and you have a person, a cast member, who's manning it, or I'm sorry, a citizen of Pandora, manning it, and <laughs> it's like walking through and like controlled with, with hand controllers, and it's okay. literally like a robot walking nice. through. And 
This was a reference. I didn't actually see. I I've saw Avatar once. Full disclosure. But they said that similar suits were used in combat in the movie. But the 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 way that Disney's billing this is it's a way for the 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 people of Pandora to be able to conserve and research all of the different life forms in Pandora. Okay. So we'll see. Cool. Which I'm glad we're talking about this because it segues into my next headline, my final headline, the biggest one, the 20th anniversary of Animal Kingdom wow. is happening. That's coming up soon. That's happening on the 22nd, which is a Sunday. Nice. A Sunday that we're going to happen to be at Disney. Yes. This weekend. Exactly. <laughs> Along with a marathon. Uh, and and a whole lot of people, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, but and some good weather. I heard it's gonna be nice. Well, I heard it might rain on Sunday. No, we'll be fine. Okay. It's I got ponchos. Ooh, I can bring up my ponchos. Oh, I'm super excited. Oh, that's true. I got those fancy ponchos in Japan. I'm excited. You have some. <laughs> <laughs> and I got them on sale too. It was like thirty bucks. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Can I borrow one? No. Okay. <laughs> can you bring them? Um, yeah, you can bring umbrellas inside. You can bring umbrellas okay, inside. Okay, cool. we got those too. Yeah. If we could. Oh my goodness. Not that I want to break the rules, but I'm just thinking of somebody who masks an umbrella as a selfie stick. Oh, don't don't give them ideas. I know you didn't right. hear that. Anyways, so it actually falls on Earth Day, the 20th anniversary, which is like a crazy fun fact. Yeah, but it makes so much sense because the whole purpose of Animal Kingdom, well, the overall theme of Animal Kingdom is conservation. Mm -hmm. So Earth Day conservation, yeah. it definitely goes together. Nice, cool. In a final segue is the the timeliness of this particular episode about what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to be talking about Kilimanjaro safaris. Woohoo! I like the safari. I know you do. So I'm hoping I, I'm really, really hoping that you're going to get a lot out of this episode, as with everybody else, but especially yes. the person that I'm looking at. And that I'm almost going to vow to spend my life with. I want him to get it. Yeah. Which is important because I'm wearing a Mickey shirt, which is very weird if you would have known me like before beforehand a year ago before we started <laughs> yeah, the podcast exactly. and then all of a sudden you're like you go into uniqlo and then buy like ooh, here's a mickey shirt this yeah. one's cool this one's pretty cool yeah, yeah. okay but, so let's do it all right let's do it so kilimanjaro safaris it was an opening day attraction at animal kingdom and i think an important thing to kind of getting why Kilimanjaro Safaris is important in the first place is knowing kind of where we can go back to Walt. Walt always wanted live animals in the parks. And one of the ways he was originally thinking about doing that was at Jungle Cruise. But as we know today, you know, Jungle Cruise doesn't have live animals. They have animatronics and, and whatnot. And that's just because back in the 50s, you know, it wasn't feasible to bring animals to the parks. So in a lot of ways, Kilimanjaro Safaris is a realization of what Walt originally wanted in yeah. Disneyland, which I think is a cool fun fact for you. It is a fun fact. Yes. So it only really took 43 years, a long 43 years, for this kind of to all come together. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of break this up into a few different sections. So the first part we're going to talk about is the Imagineering. So Imagineers, they went to Tanzania and Kenya to kind of get a feel for what the safari was going to be by going on actual safaris. And so they found that a lot of the safari companies were, were family owned and it was a lot of tourists all kind of converging on the same type of, like the same animal 
So they would be seeing the same animal in the savanna, let's say, and they would all be trying to surround it and get a picture of it. Which, it kind of doesn't make for the best safari experience because it's crowded, there's a lot of people, and so what Disney wanted to do was take that safari experience that they had in Africa and make it better. Okay. Because that's exactly what Disney does. Um, and even so, going on these safaris in actual Africa, animals, you know, the reason why all these tourists would kind of converge on the same one is because it wasn't a guarantee that they would be able to see animals on the actual trip, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But it kind of happens too, you know, and even in the safari. Like sometimes you go and like you see kind of different things and sometimes it's like you do see the ones that you're there for or, you know, that, that's intended to be seen. And sometimes you can't, depending on where you're sitting and the angle. Yeah. So that happens sometimes. But it's hard to control, you know, wild animals. Yeah, exactly. In the, out in the wild, technically. <laughs> technically. Yeah. Um, but you know what's amazing, though, is that Disney is able to do that mm-hmm. on their safari. And so one of the key things that went into, into getting the safari ready to go was thinking about how can we make it so that you get great views of animals on both sides of the truck. So, you know, like if you if you ride any ride, it's kind of like, ooh, oh, which side do you get the most wet? Or, yeah. you know, which, which car do you think is the fastest? Well, they wanted to make it so that each and every guest that are on this ride have an equal, an equally great experience yeah. on it. Although that might be the goal, I'm like super confident the left side's the best. Why do you say that? Because you get to see the giraffes are on the left, the elephants are on the left. The tiger or the lions are also on the left. Yeah. And those to me are like the big ones. That's like I, the, like people are usually the most excited to see. The other ones are like interesting, but they're not like as like wild or exotic as maybe like a giraffe would be. The fact that you can recall like exactly where the animals are on this trip is impressive. It is impressive. It's because we ride it often. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's not very like complicated. And I always remember like elephants. I just my head just kind of swivels to the left always. It swivels. Yeah, <laughs> giraffes swivel to the left. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I guess I can see how a lot of those like Im- Im- quote important animals mm-hmm. are happen to be on the left side, like the flamingos. They are also, they also on, on the left, left. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the Watusi cattle are on the right. <laughs> I don't even know what those are. All right, well there you go, because you're never on the right. Well, yeah, and they're also not very exotic animals, I guess. Like, like not they're not, like, interesting because animals. Because they're actually are... in our backyard. Are they? No. Oh, I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you're going with that. All right. Well, I do want to get back to the animals, but first, I think I want to continue on with before animals even got to the safari, and that's the horticulture. So the plant life. The plant life had to be planted at least two years out from when the animals were even in the in the safari. And the reason for that is because a lot of, like the Imagineers wanted to make sure that the, the theming was appropriate and that it was this lush savanna and it wasn't just barren and there's these fresh seedlings that have just sprouted and, and animals walking around because the continuity of the theme wouldn't, it wouldn't hold. Like you wouldn't feel like you've been, you're really out in nature. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's why they have to plant it so early. Which is crazy because, I mean, imagine like having to plan all this out like 
you know, years in advance just so that you can start planting. Yeah. For things to grow. And they're like their food, right? Some of it was their food also. So the animals do actually eat some of the plant life, which is one of the fun facts I have. It's like every single day, horticulturalists have to go out and replant because the animals do eat the plant life that are there. Oh, wow. So that's that's not being done naturally, like by the plants themselves. No. <laughs> not fast enough, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, not fast enough. Wow. That's crazy. Um, and so even though, you know, the, the caretakers do put out food so that animals have the food, they still, you know, they're, they're in a kind of a natural, they're going to do their natural, uh, what is it? They're going to do their natural behaviors. Oh, there you go. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to want to, you know, eat what's around them. And so that's one of the things that they're able to, they have to do is to replant all of those things that they eat so that every guest, no matter what day of the week it is, are going to have a great experience. Cool. But another consideration they actually had to have was that Florida is not necessarily the same climate as Africa. And as we know, just, you know, by, well, as I know, because of all the the lack of living plants that I have been able to keep alive, like plants need a certain type of environment and certain type of care in order to stay alive. Mm -hmm. So one of the trees that, that Imagineers thought was quintessentially African was an acacia tree. And it's characterized by kind of a flat top and um, like a long trunk, but the Florida weather wouldn't support it. So what they did was actually take oak trees that grow very well in Florida. We know we have them in our own neighborhood and they trimmed them so that there wasn't as many branches. They shaved off the top a little bit just to give that feel of what acacia trees would be, even though they're oak trees that can survive very well Mm. in, in Orlando. So it's just pretty cool how they how they thought of all that to even though they might not be able to do something exactly the way it is that they're going to be able to make it so that you get the exact you know the feel that yeah. you're really there. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. It is. So now we're going to move on to the animals. One of your I mean one would say the the, the main event of of the safari. There are 34 different types of species on this ride. Mm-hmm. And Disney, they were never a zoo. They were never in the zoo business. So what they actually did was they had a consultant, a zoologist from the San Diego Zoo. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so that they would be able to, you know, not just, not just oh, the care, the caretaking of the animals, but actually what animals, let's say, couldn't be next to each other. So they knew what type of barriers they would be able to put up. Um, Which is crazy because it really doesn't feel like there's much barriers. Yeah. It doesn't really seem that way. I know there's a lot of like water in between um, like the elephants, I think, and I think the lions, but like everything else, it almost doesn't seem like there's any barriers. Well, that's, it's just cleverly, cleverly disguised. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things I didn't know until I was researching for this episode was, do you know how occasionally if you're, you know, you're in your car and you're driving from area to area, you go over those chains. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? So the chains, they are actually to keep one animal from going into the other side. The animals won't cross those chains and wires. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, that's just, you know, that's a more obvious barrier because obviously we can see it, we drive over it. 
but it's it's one of the, one of the barriers that are put in place so that animals stay kind of where they're supposed to stay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I really thought that that had nothing to do with like a, being a barrier. I thought it had something to do with like the tires or even like alerting the animals. I don't know. I didn't think it would have been a barrier though. That's really interesting. You know what's crazy? Like I, for the longest time, I thought it also had to do with the tires. I was like, oh, well there's mud and water. And of course they're going to need maybe these tires to kick off some of the excess dirt. Mm -hmm. But it turns out all of the mud that we see, even the mud that's like sprayed across the, the trucks themselves, it's all cement. Yeah. None of it is actual mud. Mm -hmm. So they don't need chains to go through it to kind of kick off any yeah, of that yeah. excess dirt. Um, so another thing that the, the consultant from San Diego, the San Diego Zoo did was kind of dictate which animals would be easy to corral at night, which animals, because they don't actually sleep on the savanna, they get corralled into like sleeping pens and... Mm -hmm. um, and actually, if you're on the concert, if you're going to Rafiki's Planet Watch and you're on the train, you can see some of the behind the scenes of where the animals are housed at night, which is a pretty cool, a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. Here's a fun fact about the animals, because, you know, animals are really unpredictable, like you said before. Like, how do you control where an animal is going to be at any one time? Well, one, there's food. You know, two, there's going to be some sort of a barrier that you can contain them in. And three, and this is the crazy, crazy Disney magic, there's air conditioning vents strategically placed in each habitat so that animals would gravitate towards it. That's crazy. Your friends, the lions, where they perch up on that rock, it's yeah. actually an air vent. Oh my God. Yeah, it's so crazy. That is crazy. Man. I know. I. That's I interesting. <laughs> I knew I was going to get you with that one. Because you know what it is? It's almost like they're always in the same spot. Exactly. Which is crazy, and yeah. it's probably because of that. Yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. Brilliant, huh? It is pretty brilliant. Not gonna lie, because that's exactly what I'll do. Like, oh, the vents over here? Yeah. I'll <laughs> hang out here. <laughs> I'm gonna stay right here. Yeah, I'll be here, guys, <laughs> if anyone needs me. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, Disney has really come up with a lot of clever ways to make it so that animals would be around when, you know, guests are going through all day long, mm -hmm. that everybody would be able to have a great time, even though, and I know we've talked about this on previous episodes, even though we tend to feel like every time we go on this safari, that was the best one. Oh, no, this was the best one. Yeah. Like ever. <laughs> like, is it really getting better or are we just like maybe missing it? And we're like, oh, this is awesome. And I just kind of forgot how awesome it is. Yeah. I don't know. You yeah. tell me. I don't know. I just think that when we say it's the best one, it's because we got a, kind of got lucky with maybe some activity near an air vent that was strategically placed. So. <laughs> I know. Now you're, I hate that I'm spoiling the magic. For no, you no, no. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm, I think other people too will like like that. You know, to know that that's there and and that the animals are comfortable where they are. Like it's a win-win situation. You know, yeah. the animals are cool. They're getting some air, and then they're you know being shown for the guests to be able to see it. So yeah. it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, and they Good get job, so Disney. close. Like the the animals, they're free roaming. They are. I mm. mean, they can literally walk across the street, and you do have to if you're in happen to be driving up to an animal as they're walking across the street, you have to wait mm -hmm. because the trucks are not on tracks. The trucks are literally driven by these cast members, and they're taken off of the safari and parked like in a parking lot at the mm -hmm. end of the day. So it's just, 
it's pretty cool to think about as well. I'd be really curious to know what the drive training is like for one of the, cause that seems like it's a very, very difficult, you know, task to do as a cast member. Um, you know, it's not just like putting people in a line somewhere, but like, I think that being able to go and perform mm -hmm. like for an audience yeah. basically, and then at the same time drive this like really big, like unconventional looking school bus thingy <laughs> with like wild animals around you. Like yeah. what if a giraffe just came up to you? Like, and was like, yo, what's up? You know, like, <laughs> like I'm sure that driver is, is there a reverse button? Yeah. I think there's a protocol. I'm sure that, yeah. you know, those drivers have. So I would love to, you know, get in contact with one of them one day and see what that's like. Some of the cast member testimonials that I read were, it was interesting because like that, they would they would work different parts of the ride so it wouldn't just be you know oh you're just you're just the driver or oh you're just parking strollers but they would kind of rotate through the attraction and mm -hmm. that's what they do in most disney attractions as cast members but they said that you would you would kind of be stronger in either the driving or you would be stronger in the spieling which is you know the the story that you mm -hmm. give so i mean i'm a lot of it just takes practice i'm sure but they are fantastic i mean they literally make your your journey that much more special because yeah. you know you can see these animals but if you didn't have that cast member kind of like guiding you and saying oh look beyond the bushes can you imagine that's oh my gosh that's so true like you have to literally see where exactly the animals are and mm -hmm. spot them in addition to like oh sharp turn oh giraffe is coming close closer <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly interesting and i think with that the the cast members have always been kind of integral to the experience on on the safari and i want to talk about the storyline because the storyline is probably the biggest one of the biggest changes to the safari since it opened and i think this is really going to blow your mind as well so let's just start about some. Let's just start with something that hasn't changed. So Kilimanjaro Safaris is meant to be a family-run company. So kind of like what the Imagineers experienced in in Africa, it's it's run by a family. This particular Kilimanjaro Safaris company has been around for three decades, and it advertises itself in the village of Harambe as safe, and you're able to see animals, and. The Imagineers also noted that it's not uncommon to have a village like Harambe just on the brink of this wide open nature, like just right there and then taking advantage of it. Yeah. So a part of the story is that the safari area used to be for game hunting. So literally hunting down the animals. But in the 70s, that was changed so that the animals were no longer hunted, but instead it became a photo safari. This is where the, the story gets interesting though, because as a part of the early, the, the storyline on opening, like during the, when it was first created, the, there was a warden that protected the, the conservation area from poachers. And poachers were a big part of the story. And during cast previews, what would happen is that there would be a mama elephant and a baby elephant called Big Red and Little Red. Mm -hmm. And the poachers would hunt them down. And at the very, this is, this is, this, this I never saw because this was eliminated before opening day. They would actually capture the, the, the mama elephant and take her tusks and kill her. And you would see a corpse, an animatronic corpse of the, of the big elephant yeah. on your journey. Okay. Where was this? So this was during cast previews, which is 
um, a time before the, the, the actual ride opened to the general public, they had this at this part of the story on the ride. Only displayed to cast members or was it displayed to guests? This was what was going to be the ride. But the cast member feedback was that this was way too dark. Yeah. And it was actually eliminated before guests even wrote it. Gotcha. So it was supposed to be like on a TV or something. No, it was like... You know how you ride through Jungle Cruise and you see like animals on the side and they're just animatronics? Mm-hmm. So you would literally see like a poacher's camp. In oh, the... so that was going to be alongside of regular animals? Yeah. So oh, that okay. would be like kind of at the end. And they wanted to do this to, to you know, push home the conservation and, you know. Show like the bad stuff that was happening. Exactly. And why this is important. Exactly. Okay. But obviously it's it's really dark. Yeah. Like it's a dark thing to have. Yeah. So that part was eliminated before the ride even opened in 1998. Okay. But the poaching um, storyline was still, they still had that. Except that instead of, you know, killing an elephant, they ended up rescuing an elephant. And you were a part of that so rescue. So where is that? So that, that was also eliminated. Oh, okay. <laughs> How old is this ride? I feel I don't know why it seems like twenty Animal years King. old. It's an opening day attraction. Animal Kingdom? Yeah. Oh yeah, well that makes sense. Okay. Duh. And well Animal Kingdom, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the Kilimanjaro Safari. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it. Okay, cool. Nice. Um so So that aspect was eliminated. And now instead of having that poaching storyline, it's just simply a photo safari where you're with your guide and they tell you lots of fun facts like you know, a flock of flamingos is a flamboyance. One of my favorite ones. Easily my favorite quote. Oh, yeah. Mine yeah, too. It's ridiculous. And that an elephant's trunk has about 40,000 muscles. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't hear that one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These are just like crazy, crazy facts that your cast member is able mm-hmm. to let you know. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Even without that kind of like dark storyline, I feel like the message of conservation is still upheld because... We want to, once we see the majesty of these animals, I feel like a lot of people would probably come out with like more respect for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is enough to drive home the aspect of conservation. Yeah. Cool. So I just want to end with this. A couple fun facts. Magic Kingdom is able to fit inside of Kilimanjaro safaris. That's how massive it is. It's crazy. And it makes sense though, because I mean, it's a lot of animals to be able to corral and to to keep separated from you know from anything crazy happening um and i heard this rumor this is unconfirmed but i would love for somebody to let me know if this is true that the elephant manure is recycled into fertilizer it's smart conservation yeah smart yeah i mean kilimanjaro safaris and my brother pointed this out is kind of like the quintessential animal kingdom attraction and i think a lot of it because of its you know realization of kind of what walt wanted it's like it's like the it's a small world of animal kingdom yeah it's always going to be there yeah you know it's always going to be a part of the experience and it's it's even though walt didn't technically work on it the connections are still there yeah so cool how do you feel i feel good it's a little hot in here i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. As always, if you are listening on iTunes, please definitely subscribe. Give us a like and a comment. We'd appreciate to hear what you guys are thinking about it. Um, Ratings really do help the podcast and help other people discover it. So if you can hop on iTunes and give us a rating of however you felt, we'd really appreciate it. 
and we're on all types of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, all that stuff at The Walt Daily. You can just search The Walt Daily on any of your favorite social media platforms and you will be able to find something that we're doing. And definitely check out the Alexa Flash Briefing. That thing is amazing. Posted daily. You're getting some like magical, magical stuff. Fun facts. Fun facts. I was trying to think of like something cool to say after magical. It didn't come to me. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, you get some daily magic um, from your the Alexa Flash Briefing, but you can also find it on iTunes as well. Like if you want to have another um, daily subscription to something, you can do that as well. So yeah. I mean, as always, we thank you guys so much for tuning in, no matter where you're tuning in or when you're tuning in. And we hope this brought a little bit of magic to your day. We'll see you next time. 